today on Early Music Monday, I'm going to play for you recordings from Sound of Age's most recent ACDA Utah performance. Figure we kind of mix things up a little bit and do some pure music listening. This is Early Music Monday. So we've had episodes before where I kind of go through program notes of a particular Sound of Ages performance. I've played individual pieces before, but I've never put on like the entire set of Sound of Ages pieces. For those of you who live in Utah and were at ACDA, this is a recording of the live performance, so you'll get a, a chance to listen again which is always fun. And then for those of you who weren't there and or live outside of Utah, this would be a good chance for you to kind of be present at the conference in some capacity. So I'll go over the program notes a little bit piece by piece, and then I'll play, I'll kind of explain each piece, how it fits in the program, and then play that particular piece with maybe some nuggets of musical insight and into why I picked that particular piece. Um, and then it'll just be a good chance for us to just listen to music. Sometimes it's great to talk about it, and then sometimes you just want to listen. So let's listen. Okay, so the first item of business to address is the title of the program, Ascension, referring to the Ascension of Christ and its music of Holy Week. Now, the interesting thing is, is for those of you who are choral enthusiasts, choral professionals, members of religious organizations that are not the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, there is a very strong tradition musically in, the, in those other faiths of the music of Holy Week particularly the Catholic and the Anglican tradition. If you think about British choirs, <clears throat> excuse me, or Catholic choirs, cathedral choirs of all shapes and forms, Holy Week is like they have services every day. They have even song or vespers every day. They they're singing all the time. It's a really busy time for musicians because they're performing music for services for Holy Week. Now, if you're like me and you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we celebrate Easter, we put a lot of emphasis on Easter, but Holy Week itself isn't a tradition. It's just kind of not really a thing. Just kind of like, oh, cool, it's Easter on Sunday. Awesome, let's think about Jesus. And then we think about Jesus and then on Sunday, and that's about it. And especially musically, like the, the Tabernacle Choir in Temple Square, formerly known as Mormon Tabernacle Choir, has done, they do Easter music a lot, but again, not particularly Holy Week music, where we have music celebrating or commemorating or honoring each day of Holy Week. So something that I wanted to do, and that I've wanted to do for a while, is to bring that Holy Week tradition to the culture 
uh, in Utah because there's several different denominations and cathedrals in Salt Lake that celebrate Holy Week with the best of them. But it's it's a minority of people who are in those those faiths and that tradition as it's kind of dominated by um, our particular faith, I guess. So we uh, so anyway, so I'm I've been wanting to kind of put this Holy Week into more perspective out here in Utah. So because of that, I kind of picked music that would be a chronology, not just of okay, cool, here's Holy Week music and let's slap it together but of music that actually goes day by day throughout that last week of Christ's life. So we start with Palm Sunday, and we go through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, East through Easter Sunday. I think we skip a day for this program because it was it had to be a shorter time. There was a time constraint on the program. Um but we will be performing a concert in April that goes through a piece or two each day and really kind of like lays out the entire week and really tells the story. So the first piece on our program is Hosanna to the Son of David by Thomas Wilkes. It's kind of like a, a, a longtime classic, very praiseworthy, triumphant, lots of really great rhythmic energy, has a lot of these cool decaying dotted rhythms that's it and has that really uh triumphant entrance kind of like a prelude to french overture almost where it has those dotted rhythms representing royalty and it's really i think it's amazing um so there's not really much else to say about the piece other than that so to start our program here is Hosanna to the Son of David by Thomas Wilkes. So if you're a Christian and you know 
the details of Holy Week, you'll know then that Monday comes, Jesus casts out the money changers. Tuesday comes, he preaches about, you know, a new commandment I give unto you. Then we get to really kind of the middle of the week, just kind of building towards, you know, this dramatic and intense final days. And so our program skips to Wednesday when Jesus goes into Simon, the Pharisee's house, and the woman uh, washes his feet with the alabaster oil, or the oil um, that she keeps in the alabaster box and uh, washes Jesus' feet with her hair. Um, So for this piece, for this kind of day on the program, we chose to do Thomas Tallis's piece when Jesus went into Simon the Pharisee's house, which incidentally is a contrafacta or a, uh, of the text. So that uh, means like a substitution of the text, really, where it's, it's kind of like the opposite of different musical settings of the same text, where it's like different textual settings with the same music. And so this um, was originally a Latin motet by Thomas Tallis, Salvatore Mundi, number two. He has two of those. And then this is a substitution of text. So it's not a translation of Salvatore Mundi. And there hasn't really been any substantial changes to the music. It's just different text set in English to this story of you know, Jesus going into Simon's house. Um, There's a really great setting of the text from the New Testament by Arvo Pert that uh, will be paired with this piece in our program in April to give you guys kind of a little teaser. And uh, it's a really amazing story if you think about it doctrinally, if you think about it emotionally, just dramatically of, you know, this woman kind of giving everything she had to Jesus and then, you know, him accepting it graciously. And um, the the piece is really kind of straightforward and simple. There's a couple of those really great iconic talus cross-relation, false-relation moments that you'll hear um, that are just incredible. I love that angst that it brings, kind of foreshadowing what's about to happen. And, uh, yeah, so here is Thomas Tallis when Jesus went into Simon the Pharisee's house.
So the next piece, we get to Thursday. Now, Thursday of Holy Week is a dark day. Jesus knows what's coming. They have the Last Supper. He prays and suffers in the Garden of Gethsemane. And so they have... So, okay, one thought at a time, Cam. One thought at a time. Okay, I have so many thoughts that I have to like tell myself out loud to only do one of them at a time. So we'll start with the whole concept that we've talked about on the program before and that many of you know about is the Tenebrae Responsories. You know, where you have nine motets for Thursday, nine motets for Friday, nine motets for Saturday. And that makes up, you know, there's different, there's three pieces in, they call kind of a lecture. And then there's three lectures per day. So that equals nine. And it kind of gives that atonement story. And it's been set by um, Dilasso. Victoria, Jeswaldo, there's been several composers to set them in contemporary times, 20th century times, and it's been set a lot. But there's something, okay, throughout all history, this is bold, throughout all of history, I think the ones that are the most moving and convey and capture the emotion the most accurately of just the pure raw emotion and spiritual weight is Jeswaldo. I think that's true. So there's this, so Jeswaldo's piece from his Tenebrae Responsories Christis est anima mea, has this amazing sense of drama. It's a madrigal. They're sacred madrigals. All of Jeswaldo's are. And it's this concept of, like, this tension and release of Jesus saying, you know, you're going to leave me. Like, can't you stay here and wait with me while I pray? You guys are all going to abandon me. But here I go to suffer for you. And it's this dramatic, when he gets to the you will flee, these kind of quick 16th note runs. Ooh, just this concept, musical concept of fleeing. And then, and then it cadences, and then there's this short pause, and then you hear this dramatic homophonic I mean, in modern language, we would call the harmonic thing of, we would call it his movement a chromatic mediant with a seventh suspension, super nerdy. But it, it's actually super moving. You hear this like intensely sorrowful thing. And then there's this, just this moment of silence between it. So you hear this give and take of the tension and this push and pull and the balance of light and dark it it uh it's really incredible so in the program is six of the 16 singers well on this program we had 15 so six of them one on a part doing Jeswaldo's setting of 
tristis est anima mea.
So then in keeping with that concept of balancing the light and the dark, you know, I think of the contemporary painter to Gesualdo Caravaggio, who really became famous for his light and dark balance in paintings. And I'll put a link in the show notes to some of Caravaggio's paintings, and you see this, it's really dark tones and these beams of light that are so stark. And to me, that's kind of the story of Christianity is this balance of there's this darkness, but then the stark contrast to the light. And Holy Week is a microcosm of that, of, you know, in order to bring the most light to the world, Christ had to go to the darkest place, which in a way is kind of uh, a metaphor for our own lives of sometimes the lightest moments come by and through making our way through the darkest place. You know, the dark, the night is darkest just before the dawn, to quote Batman. So, clearly it's truth. So, because of that kind of contrast and balance and paradox of light and dark, um, I found this really great piece by Jeffrey Bergen called Christ's Love. And I haven't been able to find recordings of it anywhere but they're these medieval texts and it's all about the the love of Christ atoning for us but it has this kind of dark undertone of tension these dissonances that are kind of stepped into seamlessly and then resolving to these really open sonorities it's this exact concept of light and dark interplaying together and I think it perfectly goes kind of paired with Jeswaldo because it's these same concepts, but kind of using different musical techniques. There's some John Tavener influence with this kind of pedal tone that helps create that tension. So here is Jeffrey Bergen, Christ's Love. Thank you. 
Then following the crucifixion, we obviously have this kind of dark time before the resurrection. And again, due to time constraints, we kind of leave off this time of darkness and silence, so to speak. And we skip to the story of Mary at the tomb being the first one to see the the risen Lord and, you know, the interaction between them of him saying, you know, touch me not. Um, This piece is a new commission from Sound of Ages for Andrew Maxfield, who was gracious enough to write this piece for us. And he does this really cool thing of this sort of mysterious, there's this mystery and he uses a lot of these this kind of aleatoric technique of singers singing these little patterns on their own at their own time at their own pace, um, and then it kind of bursts into this glorious um, kind of athletic rhythms, for lack of a better word, um, and almost sound like stars. And uh, on you know on the words ascend, he has this. And and the word go, go and ascend have this similar kind of bell-like, star-like rhythmic pattern with these really shimmery harmonies that that give it this really magical quality. So it goes from mysterious into kind of wonder and awe without, it's not, the reason why it resonates so profoundly with me is because it's not this intensely just like powerful triumph yet because I don't think I would feel that if I was in that position that early I would feel just complete wonder of what is happening how is this possible it's just mystery and wonder are the two words that kind of come to my mind the triumph comes later after that's kind of settled down and and the belief sets in, and, and you kind of over that initial shock. <clears throat> so there will be a video of this performance released a little bit later um, in the week where you'll get to see us performing it. Uh, Andrew Maxfield will post it and share it. But here is the premiere performance of Touch Me Not by Andrew Maxfield.
So as I said in the previous segment, that I wouldn't feel that triumph, that intense jubilation at first, I would feel wonder. But then we end with Owen Park's setting of Chelos Ascendit, which is about, you know, Christ ascending, which technically doesn't really happen on Easter Sunday. It happens a little bit later. Um but it encapsulate it perfectly encapsulates like the final ascension of Christ into heaven a- after his resurrection and I-, I think musically dramatically textually i can't think of a better piece to end the program um than this setting of owen park the asymmetrical meter gives it this kind of dance slightly dance like rhythmic idea that which contributes to the jubilation and the joy so um we finish with owen park's celos ascendit
Okay, thank you for joining us for Early Music Monday. Hope you enjoyed the the performance. Look, be on the lookout for stuff from Sound of Ages coming Holy Week of 2022 and just after Holy Week of 2022. Um, we'll have uh, hopefully some recordings of that performance to share with you. And uh, spoiler alert, perhaps a certain album of music for download and purchase. Perhaps. I don't know. I've said too much. I can't say anymore. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Hope you enjoyed the program. It's a little bit different than our normal podcast, but hopefully it was something different, kind of keeps you on your toes, change it up a little bit, and that you enjoyed the performance. If you like what you heard and you like the podcast, please give us a five-star rating share the podcast, write a review, whatever those things are that you do, you do the voodoo, that you do, you do that so well. It would be much, much, much appreciated. Be on the lookout for more Sound of Ages stuff coming up in the future, and we'll catch you next time on Early Music Monday.